Today's podcast is brought to you by Auto Conversion. B2B companies are faced with a multitude of challenges today when it comes to sales and marketing. The perpetual need to be creating demand will almost never subside. But with so much noise in the marketplace, how can your company's message cut through and reach your target audience? At Auto Conversion, we have a way. Through conversations and relationships, we help our clients form, package, and deliver their branded messages in unique ways that create awareness, spark interest, and drive demand. Find out how in our brand new B2B Demand Generation Quick Start Guide, which you can download free today at www.autoconversion.net or by texting ACB2B to 555-888. That's ACB2B to 555-888. If you aren't growing your business, then your business is shrinking. Get the free guide today. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. So I'm by the door. I sprinted, like, across yeah. the whole floor of the place to get to him. Just give him a big old giant hug. And then, uh, you know, he had to take off. But that was, like, the best five seconds of that whole show. And then there's been people that I've run, run into, and you're like, wow, you're not the person that I thought you were when we connected online. Right. And yeah, I've actually cut out some people on my connections list after meeting them in person. And then there's yeah, people yeah. that I want to know more of and spend more time with. So it's, it's yeah. been good and bad. I, yeah. no, I, I absolutely agree with you guys. There's something to be said about authenticity. And you can tell immediately when it's an online social media facade. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you like I said you, you, it's just an it's just a blink in, instinct thing, and and you don't you don't get that you don't get that through Facebook. Yeah, you, you you have to you have to you have to shake hands and look them in the eye, and then you realize, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey Ryan, are we are we live on Facebook or are we live on the super secret Zoom back end service? No, YouTube and yes. No, yeah. yes. Are we live on YouTube? Oh no, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. What's up, Where, YouTube? Go ahead. What's, What's up? up? No, I was just going to ask if it's on Facebook, man. I was going to share it. I was going to do my my duty here. No, you know me. I'm like, you can't do Facebook. That's why I had All said, right. if you wanted to host a stream and kind of, you know, multi-simulcast it to, you know, I, to the universe. Yeah, the, the, struggle, the struggle is I can't, I can only go max two people. And yeah. I, so it's like, okay, well, you guys want to rock, paper, scissors for who's it? <laughs> and if it's me, I'm like, well, just here, turn mine off. And you think, yeah. <laughs> so um, well, the way we did at IDS, where you had, we were remoted in to mm -hmm. your stream, like I could send the Zoom, I could, I could have Zoom up like we do and remote into your broadcast. That could work. We would just... I, you have Zoom as one channel. I am absolutely down to try it. It's one of those, though, I don't know if we wanted to try it on a live show. <laughs> hey, because we, we saw how that happened. There were plenty of live shows that were like, wait, this did not go exactly as planned. See, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm the talent. I just show up and look pretty. I don't know hey. nothing about that stuff. And you so. know well. That's all you, know you got to do, Terry. That's all you got to do. Keep looking pretty. <laughs> Nashville pretty. Are you feeling cute? That's the big yeah. thing right now. Oh, yeah. Are you feeling cute? Yeah. <laughs> I'm hockey player. Kid. Yeah, I just rely on Mike and Ryan to make it all happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, so can I start the show then? Uh, what do you guys think? It's your radio, brother. It's your world, man. Rock and roll. All right. Let's do, my, let's do a quick intro here. Folks, you're here. You are tuned in live to Autoconverse On Air, AC On Air. Today is Wednesday, April 17th. Happy Hump Day. I'm Ryan Girardi. Also, happy International Bat Appreciation Day. I'm going to get into that in a minute, but you hear us <laughs> talking. I've got Mike Phillips here with us, Mike the Car Guy Carrera, and Terry Lancaster. What is going on, gentlemen? Hey, guys. Good morning. Hey, guys. So we're just goofing around. This is kind of a special, I say, anniversary edition. And mm -hmm. the reason why is because about a year ago, uh, maybe 13 months ago, uh, was about the time that we had launched this show, this, this uh, live weekly webcast. And Mike Phillips and Mike Carrera were on. They were, no, you were not both at IDS. 
Phillips, you were at IDS, but Carrera, you were yeah. not, right? Terry Correct. was with me at IDS. So he was like here in spirit. Yeah, Terry was right. There. Yeah. And Terry, you and I hadn't really started doing anything together. That was, that was actually that we had a conversation that week because you and Mike apparently were talking about me when I didn't know it. And, okay. and you and I talked later that week, or maybe on my flight home or something. So that's, that was actually the anniversary of us actually having a conversation. So that's why this is the our special anniversary edition. So, you know, happy anniversary, guys. Happy anniversary to you, man. One year, happy right? It's like six degrees of auto-converse. We're all yeah. connected in some manner. Man, yeah, that's true. I like that. Well, it's great to be here. We'll probably go a little bit longer than 30 minutes would be my guess. I mean, you saw the lineup of stuff we have to talk about. We got Uber's IPO, Verizon going 5G, which I didn't expect, but that, that news came out in the yeah. past week. Disney Plus, do you find it ironic that the same month that Google Plus uh, sunsets, Disney Plus comes out? Yeah, but they're different services. Yeah, it's, 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 it's different. a different thing. I mean, Disney's jumping on, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to grab that streaming money. Everybody wants a piece of that pie. Yeah. What I, what I wonder is why they need a streaming service. They already have a channel. So now they, it's like now they have to, which streaming typically isn't as good as cable anyway. So because so many people are cutting the cord. Yeah. And have you seen the, the lineup of stuff that they're going to have? I think it'll be worthwhile. And does it, I, I know, I'm not going to get ahead of you. Carry on. No, go on. I want to hear what you guys say. I was just going to say, what's interesting is because uh, I, I read one of the things said, well, Disney owns Hulu. So one of the kind of hopes and dreams of some people have said, well, hopefully they come up with a Hulu Disney Plus bundle package. Because like Terry said, people are cutting the cord. So like, if I had Hulu and Disney Plus, if that's the case, I wouldn't need anything else. I would need nothing else. Yeah. There's not only cord but cutters, but here, there are nevers. There are younger people that have never right. installed cable to their house. They've just done everything on their computer, and that's yeah. going to be a growing trend. Yeah. Absolutely. But so I, heard, I had the conversation last week with, with a couple of guys. I said, Dis Disney's coming out. No, I've got to get on Disney because they've, they've, you know, they've got all, all, all the Disney stuff and, uh, and everything. But by the time I get Disney and by the time I get Hulu and by the time I get Netflix so I can watch House of Cards and by the time I get Amazon so I can watch The Man in the High Castle, you know, you I might as well go back to DirecTV. I'm still paying right. 100 bucks a month for streaming. I, I, cut, out, I cut out Netflix uh, just recently. We cut out Netflix. And uh, yeah, we don't, we don't have any cable. I'm, I'm a cord cutter. So it's like, I, we literally, we, everything we run, either we watch on YouTube, like fantastic shows such as this. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we, uh, so YouTube and, and Hulu and that's it. Yeah. So what do you watch on Hulu, Mike? Uh, usually we catch up with like regular TV shows and stuff. There, there's a few originals on there, but on Hulu, I, my, I'm not much of a TV watcher. My my wife has a few of her shows that we got to watch. So I'm up on Grey's Anatomy. Do you guys watch Grey's Anatomy? Have. Big fan. That's still on. Show. Yeah, it's still on. Uh, it's, it's been on forever. It's like, it's like days of our lives. It's never going away. Yeah. And there's always going to, like each, if anything starts to wind down, too. <laughs> if anything starts to wind down, then, you know, they're going to have a plane crash so they can spice things back up. And right. uh, so, yeah, but that and I, a few other miscellaneous shows, uh, mostly TV shows that we just catch up on. And, and then there's a couple originals on there, but I can't think of the names right now. Okay. So Disney Plus is going to be seven bucks a month. And you mm -hmm. said, have you seen what they have? Is it more than just Disney content? Yeah, they've got, they released, they said, okay, well, it's it, obviously Disney content plus some of the stuff that's in the vault. So you're going to like re-release uh, Snow White and The Little Mermaid, which clearly I'm a fan of. I have a seven-year-old daughter. So, so That's not why uh, you're a fan, though. I w you don't need yeah. to pawn that on her. It's just bonus. That's, that's true. Uh, it's a good cover. Some good so, stuff on there, and that's how they're going to get you, is, is making sure that, you know, no one has a DVD player anymore. So right. a lot of people may have those, those movies on DVD, but they don't have the player to play them. So their only avenue is to sign up to Disney streaming and get that and DVD. I've got, I've got all the old Disney stuff on VHS in my basement. If you want a copy, I've so got, do, so do I, well, Disney owns, Disney owns Lucasfilm. So all the star Wars content, Star Wars stuff. That's what all my buddies were but talking that's, about. That was my point is it's all Disney content. They don't have, they're not going to have non Disney content. They own Marvel. They own, they, they, they don't need anything non Disney. What else, what else is there? This is this all geographic. This, this all goes back to why you need original content. 
So if you want Netflix original programming, you have to have you Netflix. Get, if you want right. Amazon programming, you have to get mm -hmm. Amazon. And that's where the battle, this is where the battle will take place. The streaming platform itself is just a technology. The content, where can you get the content? That's where the battle's gonna gonna take form. And content content is always king. D distribution is is you can buy distribution. That's true. So why don't we come up with a streaming as a service app that allows you to kind of get all the streaming original streaming content? You know, like yeah. like like iTunes and Spotify, right? You get all the content you want. It's just a platform. We're at a stage where now it's like I want all this content and I want to be able to pay for it and pick it. So you need it in one place. So there's but they, they, they all want it behind their individual walls, their individual paywalls. Cause yeah, you say, but they would, they will license it out. I, I'm positive. They will. Here's an example. Apple news. If on, if you look on your iPhone and you go to the news app, all the main publishers put certain content in the Apple news app. Now they're all different models. So like wall street journal might say, as long as you have a subscription with us, you can access Wall Street Journal on Apple News, whereas New York Times might say, we're going to put, you know, select articles up there at no charge. But right. if, you want, if you want everything else, you got you to have a subscription with us. So they're just going to slice and dice it in different ways. Yeah. Or, or the, the New York Times thing is uh, where, where I get it, I always get the thing. You have eight more articles left this month where you can read free New York Times articles than before you have to uh, start subscribing. And I'm fine with that. If you just pay a little bit to get a little bit, and if you want more, mm -hmm. you pay a little more. I mean, yeah. it used to be you pay a quarter and you got it all, right? <laughs> when you sure. wanted it. Well, it used to you used to be they charge you know a hundred thousand dollars for a full page ad, and I didn't have to pay anything. I just had to look at a couple of ads. I, I was a big fan of that model. <laughs> so, Phillips, what's the little hmm. guy you have there? Uh, that's actually Mike, the car guy, who I think is down there on your screen. At least he's down there on my screen. Uh, that's, that's dealer built, man. He, he travels with many of us mics. Yeah. He's down there for you. He's down there for me. He's down there for me. Yeah. So make yeah, sure no, I get one to all of you guys. Yeah, yeah. He gave me this, he gave me this gift at IDS. And so we, we've been, uh, hanging out at my desk together. Yeah. The good news, he doesn't say a lot. He doesn't need a lot. So he's a good companion. Man. He's a great that's what, that's what Mike calls the perfect co-host. Yeah. <laughs> great listener. I'm like, Just Hey, so there. what do you think? Yeah, me too. He always agrees. <laughs> so, Phillips, have you uh, have you like kind of taken a break from doing stuff lately? I'm I feel like I haven't seen stuff coming out of your, uh, your jukebox lately. You were you sick. I yeah, I was. I've been. I have been sick for almost three weeks. So right oh. after IDS, I literally this is the first week that I've really been able to speak and so forth. And so I've been doing some writing in the background. Okay. I've been doing some video editing in the background. I'm going to release, uh, I've got a new video coming out today. And then going back forward, I'm back onto my regular schedule. So as far as my, you know, my lead the team, my leadership content and so forth, I'll be back on my regular schedule starting to, or regular-ish schedule starting today, blog posting and, and other stuff. But I, I, the only reason I took a step back was really just my health to, to take, take a minute because I couldn't talk. Yeah. I love how that sounds. I got a new video that's going to drop today. Well, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> that's, so awesome. I, think that's, I think that's a technical term for it, dropping yeah. it. <laughs> dropping it today. It's like, hey, if, for anybody watching right now, if you're watching Auto Converse on air and you haven't shared it, make sure you smash the like button and <laughs> share it out. Like, that's the big thing for YouTubers and stuff. You got to smash. Like, they're aggressive. Hit yeah. the like button, smash the like button, kill that subscribe button, hit the bell so that you get notified <laughs> when Ryan goes live and you don't miss anything. <laughs> You know, when you watch TV, you don't get hit. You don't get barraged with all these calls to action. You just get uh, spoon fed the content. Yeah. Unless you're watching NPT, baby. Unless you're watching NPT. So I don't even know what NPT is. Should I ask? In, uh, National Public Television. Oh, okay. And then what? You get you get prompted for. Uh, then, then, then they have the uh, the, uh, uh, the the they have the rodeos every year. The uh, you, you know, the, the, the fundraisers, they do the big fundraising telethons and why you oh. should donate and why you should subscribe and why you get the free Wayne Dyer videos and the Wayne Dyer t-shirts and, uh, and, and all the stuff they'll give you free for being a supporter of national public television. How many free Wayne Dyer t-shirts do you own, Terry? I, I own all the Wayne Dyer t-shirts. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got everything on the whole DVD. collection. Yeah. 
It's going to be a lot of air quotes in this program. In the, in the show today. <laughs> we should all do a synchronized air quote. Yeah. Wow. There you go. So you can edit these when you need them. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I should uh, talk about National Bat Appreciation Day. Did No, I'm sorry. International Bat Appreciation Day. Are we talking like bats that the... The what is it a marsupial? Is it a marsupial? Is it a mammal? No, it's a mammal. It's the no, it's a, it's a mars- no, it's a mammal. Well, I thought marsupial. they were marsupials, so yeah, because they carry little baby bats in their pouch. Don't I they? thought so too, but is it's that a thing? The, yeah, it says that bats are the only true, fully flying mammals. Huh. Yeah, I'm not. I, yeah, like, I think a marsupial is I, I think is I think marsupial is a mammal. I think that's a subclassification. We'll have to look that up. That's that's a good point. It could be. It could be. So apparently there are over twelve hundred known species of bats. Yeah. Twelve hundred. Let's see what else. Um, Do you have a favorite bat? I couldn't even. Probably the giant golden crowned flying fox. Yeah, the flying fox or the giant the giant fruit bat. Those 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 are awesome. They're they're like three feet long. What kind of bats do they have in uh, in Tennessee? Do you know? I don't know what they're called. They're actually endangered. That's a, it's a big thing. It's a big thing around here. All the all the bats are getting what they call white nose fungus, and there are, a lot of them are dying off. But uh, I love the bats here. I have a, I have a I have a big yard backyard in a pool, and when my kids were little, we would sit on the deck. It, when the evening time would come, when it was just about dusk, we would sit on the deck to watch the bat races. About the time the bats would all come out. They'd start flying around our backyard and dive bombing the pool to get any mosquitoes and bugs that were, were hanging right around the pool. So we'd just sit in the backyard and they, so they'd dive down the pool, they'd fly off about 200 yards and then circle back. And this would go on for about an hour. So uh, the whole time my kids, my kids were little, we used to sit outside and watch the bat races. That's awesome. crazy. They are pretty fascinating to watch. Did you know that bats yeah. are clean? They, they, they are constantly grooming themselves. Mm-hmm. See, I think of a bat mm-hmm. as like a flying rat, just kind of like, yeah. Right. But apparently they're, they're clean. Um, okay, last stat. There's four states that, who have an <laughs> official bat. Do you know what the states are? Texas. I've never even I'm seen sorry. a bat There's outside three. of like a There's zoo, Ryan. States. I don't think I've seen a bat outside of a zoo. In That's the, why we come here. Like, we Terry, come here to Terry's learn. Talking about, Terry's talking about, like, hey, instead of fireflies, we watch bats diving into the pool, right? We do. I, Hey, so no, yeah. what are the four states, Ryan? I have to assume that you're going to tell us. I, I, I will if you want. I was going to see if you want. So it's actually three, my bad. Oh, three, okay. You want to, anybody want to take a guess? Texas is one, I'm sure, I would imagine. There you go, Texas is one. Yeah, you got to have Texas. There I, you go. Alabama, that's just no. a shot in the dark now. Nice shot. Mike, one guess. Carrera. No. We I have that. So. I would have thought but so. maybe not an official bat. So Texas, Oklahoma, and Virginia. Virginia. So, so – so, so there's a hockey connection there. The, uh, the minor league hockey team in Austin, Texas, I don't know if it still is, but for years and years and years, the Austin Ice Bats. Ice Bats? Is that an the actual Austin? genre? No, no, uh, that's just, uh, that, that was just their name for the hockey team because there's, there's some kind of big bat deal in Austin where there, there's a huge bat colony that at night all the bats come out, so they just named their hockey team the Austin Ice Bats. But I know, I know cool. the bats are a big deal in Austin. Yeah, it's a pretty good name. Huh. I bet they have a sweet logo. Mm. I like vampire bats. <laughs> what are you doing later? <laughs> uh, all right, so, hey, nice seeing you guys. Hope you have yeah, a great you day. too. <laughs> so um, what's the next topic man we're right? we're, we're all prepped and ready to go for this yeah i thought we were gonna talk uber today yeah what do you think about uber they're one of the top 10 largest ipos of all time so what do you think the number is that's the question the number keeps going down i don't know why it's not official yet that's what i can't figure out i think because it keeps going down they don't want to make it official <laughs> but i thought they actually I mean, they filed, but they they haven't actually, like, yeah. they, they haven't actually done the initial public offering. Right. So they're working on it. I'd heard 120 billion for for a year. I heard people lofting this 120 billion figure, and then it was then it was like around 100 billion. And I was reading stuff this week that they're anticipating like 50 billion uh, initial valuation. So it's uh you know it's been cut in half. Uh, I think I think they're lofting trial balloons to see uh to figure out the number they can get to. 
Yeah, I, the last one I heard I th- was 90 to 100 billion. So yeah. if you're in 50 billion now, that's going down. The, the interesting thing, like, and not to tie the two together, but I, I was looking at some of the, the data between Uber and Lyft. One of the interesting things that I found interesting uh, is the way that Uber is set up and they're branching out into, okay, what else can we do with this, this product? How else can we grow the product? So you got Uber, right, which was the initial deal, and they're like the, the, the behemoth. But then they're like, well, hey, let's branch off. Let's do Uber Eats. Let's do Uber Freight, you know, and do the shipping and so on and so forth. So they've got these other little wings that they're adding on for, you know, one, for their company to grow. Two, to give other Uber drivers another opportunity, a different vertical to Mm -hmm. drive and make money in. Whereas Lyft is like, look, here's all we're about. We're only about transportation. That's what we do. I think one thing that's unique that Lyft is doing and it's growing is their subscription service, uh, you know, in bigger cities where there really isn't necessarily the, the, the old need to own your own car. I think that subscription service has really gained a lot of traction in the last three, four months because I keep hearing a lot about it. And it's really, mm-hmm. when you look at it, the cost of owning a car, paying for parking, maintenance, insurance, fuel, all that kind of stuff. If you can offset that with a $300 a month Lyft service fee and get nearly all the rides you need and if you go over that cap it's like a pretty good discount on the remainder of the the rides you need that just makes sense when i first saw that i thought that's that's really going to be something that takes off in big cities maybe not in in rural areas but in bigger cities i can see that just really being a unique offering well that came up in conversation a few weeks ago on this program uh which is that the lyft ceo wants to (laughs) pretty much eliminate car ownership like he's he's not shy about that yeah that's his mantra yeah okay well one of the things he said i think it was one of the articles you had sent out ryan and his comment was something along the lines of hey look we we want to redesign cities around people instead of cars like point blank Mm -hmm. right out and says it yeah which i like i i I think it's a shame what has happened to cities where they're just clustered with cars (laughs) it just it just seems like it shouldn't be that way. But I think reality is in order for ride sharing uh, to be a, a true alternative for owning a car, yes, it depends on where you live geographically. That's a big factor. But I think autonomy has a lot to do with it as well. So long as there's a, a person and an operator in that car, that price is going to, it's only going to be able to go so low. Right. Well, and there's a, there's a, there's a, I think there's a, an appeal to different demographics too. The idea of riding in a car with somebody else to me, and, I, and I'm just going to be honest with you, is not appealing. I'll do it when needed. But for instance, here in California, commuting just sucks. It's just the worst that there is. We all know right. that highways are horrible. But the carpool lane is available to to kind of bypass a lot of the traffic nightmares. And there have been times when I was working at a dealership quite a distance away. And I just, I, I would not carpool simply because that's my time. That's my space, my car. I yeah. like to, you know, sing at the top of my lungs and I'm not a good singer. I don't yeah. want to share that space with anybody. So for me personally, I'm never going to give up my own car and I'm always going to drive it as much as I want to by myself. So, hearing, but maybe I'm older, maybe younger people that are coming into the market have a different idea. They don't necessarily need the, the idea of owning their own car. They're okay with sharing space because they're going to be on their phone the whole time anyways. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, there's two things. When you're talking about demographics, I could not imagine, because I have three kids, I couldn't imagine saying, hey, we've got the subscription service, and I'm just going to hop in there with my kids. Like, I want to right. be in control right uh, an operation of that vehicle when my kids are in, i uh, you, you know the one difference between like uh, you and me mike like i i don't have a problem jumping in i've i've taken an uber i'm i'm cool with that i'm uh, you know depending on where i'm headed and so forth but for me on the family side of it like i'm not going to pile my my wife and kids to go on a weekend outing second thing is suvs and trucks if you need uh utility you're not going to you're not going to uber uh, to the to the dump for the weekend. You know what I mean? You're not going to Uber yeah. to go, hey, listen, we got to head over to American Furniture Warehouse and pick up our new couch. So we're just going to Uber F-150 it over there and, yeah. and or left, lift F-150 it over there. Do you mind? That, that's a different program. Well, you know? actually, I, I bought a car last year and I actually sat down to do the math because I don't drive a lot. I, I live out in the suburbs and, and I don't drive a lot if I'm, if I'm in town. You know, uh, you know I, I work from home. I don't have a commute. 
And um, so I was thinking, well, does it make sense for me just to go all Uber all the time? And since I'm out, I'm out in the suburbs, you know, any ride to downtown is an expensive ride. It's a $50 Uber ride from my, from my house to downtown Nashville. So that makes, that makes it out, outrageous. But the, the deciding factor that made me decide, okay, I have to have a car is because twice a week, I've got to pile my stinky hockey equipment in the back of a car and take it to the ice rink. And I don't, I don't want to be piling my stinky hockey equipment in the back of somebody else's car because they're all going to be giving me side eye because that stuff stinks. And they're, they're mad now they got, they got to go char- they're going to charge me cleaning fees or whatever. And, uh, you know, that, you know, that the, the utility is what made me decide, well, I, well, I still have to have a car. Have to. <laughs> There's two options there. Just get two Ubers. Yeah. <laughs> hockey gear in one, you ride in the other one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, I got a whole new way to travel. Yeah. I understand hockey gear, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Those, those are just the two instances. I mean, when, when I'm at a conference or we're out of town and, you know, or my wife and I, if there, there are times that we're like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to go downtown. We're going to, we're uh, going to go out on a, on a date or whatnot. And I may have a drink or two. And cause I'm in the car business. I, if I have half of one, I don't, I don't drive nor do I want her to. So we may Uber somewhere to do that kind of deal. Um, which that's advantageous. I'm not worried about it, but like I said, I, I couldn't imagine like, Hey, listen, my seven-year-old daughter's got to get to school. My, you know, that kind of stuff that I, I couldn't operate that way. Well, I think it's, I think it's real. It's, it's not going to replace car ownership. Uh, Uber and Lyft have very different business models. Uber is all about concierging everything to you. I think I just made up a word. Whereas Lyft is just about getting you from one place to another. Yeah. Very distinctive differences. You were talking Mike about, you know, the idea of I have to take stuff to the dump. Well, Uber could help you there too. Instead of Ubering a car, I mean, you don't have to be there, right? They, you could just, hail sure. uh, uh maybe the dump should partner with uber with uber right. to offer that service i um i uber my, waste management yeah yeah <laughs> yeah in that sense i think uber uber, uber regardless of their ipo Put it on the curb an uber driver will pick it up and mm-hmm. shuttle it off to the, the dump uber's mm-hmm. gonna be like amazon is for uh for for shopping it's gonna be like they're just gonna become one in the same until, until the moment Amazon decides that they want on the business too. Amazon's one of the largest fleet managers in the United States. As soon as they get their autonomous hookup hooked up, then they'll have all the trucks and they'll be wanting to do something with it too. I, I, don't, I don't want to knock Amazon out of any market. If they want in, you know, get ready. <laughs> and they got a head start. Yeah. Well, I think it's fascinating that regardless of Uber's IPO, unless it's a flop, but it won't be, they will be, Uber will be valued higher than General Motors, and I think Ford and Chrysler combined, but I know at least General Motors. Well, at, at 120 billion, which was the figure that kept getting floated last year, it's higher than all three domestic manufacturers combined. combined. But it won't go at 120 it's, billion. It's, I don't think. I don't yeah. think that's. I don't think not now. No. After Lyft, after Lyft has, has fallen so far after theirs, I think. I think we're looking at somewhere between 50 and 100. Yeah. Yeah. I think the projections I see estimated is probably going to end up being more like 10 billion. So we'll see. 10? Yeah. Yeah, that, I saw that also. That's the realistic I, expectation. I heard 50 has been common, but I, I agree with you, Ryan, that that's, there's more than one, uh, you know, site. There's more than one set of analysts that have said that they're going to fall in at 10. I've heard that also. Hmm. So 5G's on its way in, at least here in Chicago, which I'm partially excited about. Have you tried that network yet, Ryan? Well, here's, here's what I'm going to have the 5G phone. That's what I was going to say. I think you have to have the phone. And I had just said uh, on a program recently, so my, I, have the I, I have the iPhone 7 Plus, which I bought, I guess it'd be two years ago, maybe mm-hmm. three, I think two years ago. And I bought it because at the time, I just started doing a lot of live streaming at the trade shows. And the iPhone was the best way for me to do a live stream to Facebook Versus you see me now, I've got the camera and the laptop and it's, it's, it's all this equipment could do it all through the iPhone. So I just finished paying it off a couple of months ago and I had told some friends, I said, I want to see how long before I have to buy a new phone. I'm going to try to not buy a new phone. And I speculated that when 5g comes out, I'll have to get a new phone if I want to get 5g. Right. Cause Apple will start delivering their, uh, their malware to slow your phone down, dude. <laughs> I've heard of that. I haven't seen that. Where are those? Oh, updates? yeah, that's a, that's a deal. 
Yeah, that, that's why all of a sudden when new when new technology is coming update. out, when yeah, when new when new phones come out, when new uh, technologies come out, they're like, hey, listen, we've we've updated. There's the air quotes again. We've updated Up your phone it. to work with the new to to work with the new system. And then people are always like, oh my gosh, man, my phone. But your battery is going to deplete in seven minutes now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, it looks like it's time to upgrade. So I, I'd you be. You want to get on the phone? Yeah. They so, should put so, a disclaimer with the update. You can yeah. either update to the new iOS system, iOS system, or just go get a new phone. This yeah. makes it easy yeah. on yourself. Just run down and pick up the new phone. <laughs> Give you two buttons: update, upgrade. <laughs> Take your so my question is, what happens when when every car is just every car is like a phone, and they you know you get the Tesla auto update on your car, and now all of a sudden you can't go over fifty five miles an hour unless you go buy a new you know seventy thousand dollar Tesla. Don't people, give them any ideas, stop, Terry. Stop buying Tesla. <laughs> stop buying Tesla. Yeah. yeah, you know I I don't think that'll work in the long run because at some point you're going to need additional hardware. It's just like computers; you can get all the uh, I O all the operating system upgrades you want, but some of it might require different hardware. So well, to go to a 5g network, it will. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like even with Tesla, when Elon Musk is out there saying, Oh, you know, we'll always be able to upgrade your autonomy over time, but no, they're going to have to install new pieces of hardware. You know, the hardware does have a very, a, rather finite lifespan for sure. Yeah. Well, if you're, and if you're going to drive that sucker to Mars, you're definitely going to have to put some new hardware on it. So. Well, he's got to bore a tunnel there first. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I have a question for you guys. You all have kids, right? Carrera, do yes. you have, how many children do you have? Who? Which one? Carrera. Only Mike Carrera. I've got four, but okay. uh, only one at home. He's my 16-year-old, my little guy. Okay, so your youngest is 16. Phillips, how young, what's the, your youngest? I have uh, my oldest is 18, middle is 12, youngest is 7. 7. Does he have... She, she, my seven is she, she. Does she have a phone, a smartphone? Uh, she, yes and no. We get, she has a smartphone. It was my wife's old iPhone six, I think it was. So, so it's used- not hooked up. She plays with it like a tablet. Okay. Yeah. So she uses it on Wi-Fi. Yeah. And then what's the next oldest sibling from that? 12. Okay. He got and, a phone this year when he turned 12 and he got a phone by accident. When my wife upgraded, we were like, well, we could trade this phone in or we got, so we ended up getting him a phone just in the last year. And my 18 year old is. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Now, does the 12 year old, has he been pressuring you for a phone like from peer pressure with friends? Uh, from like the third grade. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And you've been fighting that? No, I just told him no. Yeah, there's no fight. <laughs> I'm the one that pays for it. Yeah, no, you get one when you turn 12. That's how it works. And Terry, I know your your kids are all grown out of the house. Right? 20 to 24. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They, so, all, have, they all have cell phones. Here's why I have ask. Phones? <laughs> yeah, they have phones. Here's why I ask. I have a, a nine-year-old and a and a 14-year-old, and 14-year-old has had a smartphone probably since about. 10 or 11, maybe a little bit earlier. I think we hooked up service about two years ago. Uh, The nine-year-old, we gave him service just last year. So before that, he, like like your daughter, Mike, he had an old old iPhone on the Wi-Fi, but we gave him service just last year, mainly because when he gets to and from school on and off the bus, in case he's, you know, not with an adult, at least he has a phone on him. But I heard in an interview in the UK, it is not customary for, for children to get a smartphone until they go into high school. And the caller, he was, he was basically saying he was struggling on whether or not he wanted to go with the status quo and give his son his first smartphone at age, what, 15? Because um, yeah. that was the expectation. He's like, I feel like I'm giving him a pack of cigarettes. And I just thought, what contrast to the U.S. Because I think here we're giving kids phones pretty early. Yeah, oh, yeah. and, and I, th- I think from uh, like both of you mentioned, you you give the kid a smartphone. It actually, but you, you you reluctantly give the kid a smartphone, and it actually becomes a parenting tool because then you have access to them. And when they're when I think our kids are maybe we're overbooked than the U- more overbooked than the UK kids, but our kids are running around and we got soccer practice and ballet practice and uh, after school activities and 
all that, you know, you, you want, you know, when I gave my kids smartphones, they weren't even smartphones, but we wanted to be able to text them. So, Hey, call me, you know, text me when ballet practice is over so we can come get you and, and run around. It, it becomes almost once, once you get used to that, that connection, it becomes uh, um, unavoidable. Communication necessity. Absolutely. Our deal was 12 years old. We said, look at 12 years old, 12 years old for the oldest. And then we ended up there due to some circumstances, ended up a little bit earlier than that, 12 years old for the middle one. And then, like I said, maybe a couple months before, because my wife was upgrading her phone. My, there's, my daughter's in first grade and half of the kids have smartphones. With so service. Of course she's, she, yeah, with service. And she's wow. asking, and I'm like, no, 12 years old. Like that's, it, you said, did we have a struggle with, with my, my middle one? Like, was he pressuring us for it? Yeah, he was asking from the time he was nine or 10. And the answer is just, no, that's not, like, you don't need it. But we're, we're unique, probably a little bit. You know, my wife stays at home. My wife drives the kids to and from school, or, or I do. My wife drives the kids to and from practice, sports practice and stuff. So it's, it's a little, uh, you, you know, we're fortunate that we can say, yeah, no, you don't get a phone yet. Hmm. I got to say, I like my kids having a phone because I like having access to them. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like that. And I think like, like any, any aspect of parenting, yeah, you're giving them access to things that are not good for them. You just got to instill discipline and morals. And I mean, reality is we all got to see the dark side at some point in our lives. I think, you mm -hmm. know, you, 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 there's no way around that. Uh, that's just part of life and getting through that. You don't want to start them on it too early. So it's chancy, but I like having access to the kids. I like seeing their location, you know, text me when you get home kind of thing. You know, I it was great when my son was 12 and he didn't know how to download apps on his phone yet. So we gave him just a basic phone with, you know, texting and phone and it didn't have, uh, you know, a browser. It didn't have YouTube, it didn't have right. all the things on it. Right. And then, you know, inevitably his friends were like, oh, hey, man, you got to download YouTube so you can watch videos. And then it was just all done from there. And it was all on. <laughs> YouTube, what's that about? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's some cool features. Something came up last week. So last week, and by the way, shouts out to uh, Michael Garrison and Dan Vega from Blue Television, Blue Success TV. Um, they were on last week. And in that conversation, it was kind of on the heels of the UK's announcement that they want to start putting in regulation on big tech and social media. And we were... Article 13. Yeah. Is that what it is? Article 13. Okay. Yeah. So we were getting to that conversation about I think the consensus with the three of us was why is it taking government so long to, to begin regulating big tech and social media? Let me ask you guys this. I'll start with you, Terry. Yeah. What if you couldn't pu publish publicly? Okay. So you could publish anything you wanted, but the only people that would see it were people that you were connected with that choose mm -hmm. to connect it with you on social media. And in order to pu to publish publicly, you had to be, you had to basically be, you know, certified kind of like driving, right? Mm -hmm. You have to register to vote. You have to, uh, you have to get licensed to drive. And so imagine if you had to register to, to publish content publicly, don't you think that could immediately put a cap or a proxy to a lot of this just harmful content that gets published right away? Like, you know, the shooter in New Zealand that was, live streaming a massacre yeah well i mean i don't know because i'm connected with you know tens of thousands of people so I, you know my, my content i'm perfectly content broadcasting to the you know twenty thousand people i'm connected twenty five thousand people i'm connected with socially that's that's all the universe i need so being being publicly viable is is not really a thing to me i don't know um you know i don't, I don't know what that gets everyone to, other than to be able to, to you, you there's a there's a certain rush, I guess, for, for, for that type of psychology to go, I'm putting this out there for the masses, you know, because even though it's being publicly streamed, how many people are seeing it? You know, I, you know, you know, if seven people are watching, well, I, don't, I don't know what difference that makes it, whether it's public or with your connected. My, my whole deal is, is to be connected with as many people as possible who are, who are the people I want to be connected with. And, you know, as far as being broadcasting to millions, that, that's, that's not my vibe. Right. The people you want to be connected with, that you want to hear your message, whatever that message is. Right. Well, the nature of my question, I guess, was more on the lines of regulating social media. And it seems like if content wasn't just public because by default, that's de facto. Twitter, right. 
you know, Facebook. I mean, Facebook technically, well, even Facebook, every, you could set it to, for everything to be public. There's no accountability. I don't know. It just se- it seems like one way to just instantly put a regulation on. Yeah, but 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 then the, 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 the ultimate question is is who's doing the regulating? Who who is the who 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 is the person that gets the big rubber stamp that goes your opinion is okay and your opinion is not okay? Well, opinions it can't regulate morality. You know, a long time ago, I had a friend of mine that that came to me and said, you know, car sales people should have some type of standard, some type of, you know, uniform testing that they have to go through before they can become a professional car salesman, like realtors, because you get that little bar and it means something. And I said, we do in Colorado. There are bad realtors, just like there are good realtors, because you've gone through a series of tests and demonstrated your ability to to retain knowledge in certain areas. Right. In Colorado, they're bonded. Um, doesn't guarantee that all people that pass that test and become professional salespeople are going to be good at it or ethical or have high morals. You're going to have good and bad at anything, just like you're going to have good and bad at anything. So if they start regulating social, it's not going to eliminate, it may cut down a lot of the the fake profiles, a lot of the you know trolling yeah. and that kind of stuff, but it's not going to guarantee that the, the quality of the content is any better. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, the regulation... Sorry, Mike. I'm just clarifying something. The regulation will hold the the media companies accountable. So, in other words, if Facebook, uh, it, it, assuming the rules go into play and the regulations there, if Facebook, if something gets published on Facebook that breaks the regulation, Facebook is penalized, and yep. that'll put the accountability on the on Facebook, the publisher, to have protocols and proxies in place to keep people from, from putting them in, in jeopardy. Go ahead. Mike. So, but the, again, that goes back. Is, is Facebook a publisher or is Facebook a distributor? And right. I, yeah, that's, you know, well, it doesn't matter. That's how, not how the article reads. So that here I'm very well versed on this. It's a big controversy on YouTube and I'm connected with several people that are European YouTubers and it is a huge deal because it's not, it, if it was set up the way Ryan's presenting it, then yeah, you're able to help regulate and, and create a higher quality of communication, a higher quality of connection, that kind of stuff for the right people. Um, but it, it, it's a mess. It's expected to go into play in the next two years. It's called Article 13. And the way that it is set up, it's designed straight up for government regulation. Terry, you asked the question, you said, well, who regulates it? The government. And mm-hmm. one of the thoughts, what, what many of some really large European YouTube, it's a big deal on YouTube. What they're saying too is they say, well, herein lies the problem. Like it eliminates freedom of speech. It's regulated by the government. And one of the statements that's been thrown around out there is look, you control the medium, you control the people. Mm -hmm. And so it is an absolute, in my opinion, and I've read it, I've gotten very well versed on it. I am a thousand percent against it. I think it is an absolutely terrible idea in its current form. But we already have regulation on television and radio airwaves. We already have, it's the same regulation. You can't It's just, not the same regulation. Same idea. It's, it's the idea that, so it's, it's, not, it's not meant to, uh, to impose on freedom of speech. It's meant to protect it's just meant to protect from illegitimate information or yeah. any, 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 any regulation is ruled by the, the law of unintended consequences. It may That's not be it. meant to, to regulate uh, opinion and free speech, but that will be the net result. It is. It'll eliminate the ability for people to post memes, for people to use fair use content anywhere. It'll eliminate it. It, it, it is so such a poorly written regulation. And one of the concerns is that as it's being developed in, in uh, the UK and, and uh, the, the European Union or whatnot, as they develop that, one of the concerns is that's gonna bleed over to other countries. And they're like, it is absolutely, uh, for anyone who wants to look it up, it's called Article 13, you can just Google it. And it is one of the most poorly written regulations you can ever, they're gonna have so many unintended consequences, it is terrible. So it's what, gonna effectively shut down many social networks. All right, so Pop, uh, just, pop quiz here what do you think will happen first brexit or article 13 Uh, (laughs) neither (laughs) yeah yeah neither neither of them hey it's just like any it's just like any other uh government run idea 
the motto is we scare because we care. Right. <laughs> and so they, that, that's, how, it's, it's, that's a whole different conversation, right? That's Pandora's box. I know, dude, funny. The article will, it'll get worked out. It might be, uh, how'd you, how'd you describe it? It's a more poorly written article, but it'll, it'll work itself out. I, I guess as far, as far as I'm concerned, I think regulation of social media and big tech is on the horizon. That's, that's my thoughts. Yeah. And I'm, I welcome it because I think it's needed. But to your point, I, it comes with ramifications and unintended consequences. Yeah. But, but, but then what do you do about the most powerful people in the world spreading their own ideas that, that aren't necessarily factual in nature? Who's, regu who's regulating them? Well, yeah. them. They're the government. Right. We're here to help. Yeah. Right. Wasn't it Ronald we're, Reagan says, hey, we're, we're from the government and we're here to help. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good stuff. It's a good topic. We should stay on that and uh, keep a pulse on it. Um, I promised the audience I'd stay on the Boeing 737 MAX. And at this stage, it looks like these planes are going to be grounded indefinitely. And unfortunately... I got an email from American Airlines yesterday saying they were going to continue their uh, grounding of the that plane until August. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. explaining, because I, I fly a lot, so I was explaining that if you've got trips booked out in advance they want to make sure that you're aware that there could be some some interruptions just as to why mm -hmm. yeah this is when this first happened i i expected the grounding to be very very temper very short period but I don't, that doesn't seem to be the case so anyway i just i i've promised people i'd keep up on that and i've been uh, bringing that up from show to show but this is a good subject matter regulation of social media i think uh, and big tech because it doesn't it's not just social media it's it's messaging which i which i guess is social media too file sharing is in there mm -hmm. uh so things like i guess is that companies like like uh what wasabi and dropbox and amazon web you know aw napster yeah. <laughs> that's our generation's file sharing uh, yeah. well i think i think a big subject along the same lines is there's going to be there's going to be conversations over the next year about about who owns the data and and who's who, because of because of autonomy and the robots and people losing their jobs and the fall of the middle class and uh, you know income inequality. There's going to be a lot of conversation over the next year about a guaranteed universal basic income tied to taxes on data and tech. And I th I think several of the of the uh, the people in the uh, presidential race are going to be are going to try to ride that pony and get that conversation started. Huh. Well, that's something for uh, for another day. Universal yeah. income tied to your data. Tied, 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 tied. Because you, you talked about television airwaves and the government regulating television airwaves. Well, their 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 argument is that data is a public commodity, and tech companies are getting rich on this public information. Tech companies are getting rich by using autonomy and eliminating jobs, but not creating jobs. So, if they're not creating jobs using this public resource then we need to provide some money back to the public. Uh, that's a slippery wow. slope. Yeah. Huh. I like the concept. But I mean, look, right now, uh, if, if you do it right on YouTube, you can make ad revenue, you know? So you're, you're effectively getting paid for your data. So in, in theory... Yeah, what, in concept, one 500th of a penny per click. There you go. Hey, I'm, I, I can say I'm... Well, you, I'm making money on YouTube. Yeah. Not a lot, not enough to sustain anything. But at this point in my current YouTube sphere, I'm making a little ad revenue and so forth. Because but you have something that people want to hear. You you put out a great content. Not everybody is is interesting on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Even the people that aren't interesting, if they get enough hits on it, they're making money. And there's there's more than you know. One of the things that's unique there is there's more than one revenue stream. You know, just like right. anything else, you're looking at hey, one five hundredth of a penny. For, for the view and so forth. But then there's all kinds of other avenues. There's the Patreons and the yeah. plugins for Teespring and the and the, the merchandise sales and the bookings and the so on and so forth. It's, yeah. it's wild, man. I don't know if you guys can hear this, but for some reason, Mike's video stream, Mike Phillips, I thought, it's I thought it was down. I thought he was going through a puberty right here in front of no, our eyes. It's, it's like, it's slowed down and it's like talking in a deep, slow voice. <laughs> Look into oh, the worse. video stream. <laughs> well, 
Well, I, hey, I said we'd, we'd definitely go over 30 minutes today, which we did uh, by and far. We're almost at an hour, so we probably should wind this puppy down just for the world's sake. Great talking to you guys. I wish we could do this more yeah, often. You too. Yeah. You could do it hey, every next, week if you want. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> next, so next week, I say we go noon till eight. We could yeah. have an eight-hour uh, webinar. Uh, a, a marathon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a blast. All right, you come up with the agenda for that. Ready, everybody? Brian. Actually, I do have some ideas I would love to experiment with, possibly on this show, possibly on this show. So, who knows? Who knows where we'll take it? Um, but yeah, as long we as we can talk about more hockey next week, we can. I'm down well, for that, man. Yeah, if the, if the Preds are still in, we'll see how the Preds and the Avs do this week. We'll talk about it again. All right, make your prediction. Who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup, Terry? Um, if I had to go right now, um, Washington. Mike Phillips, what do you think? Avs. You think the Avs are going to do it? I think they can pull it off. All right, I picked the Islanders. Career, you want to get in on this? Uh, what's the Stanley Cup? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was very well executed. We staged that, by the way, folks. There you go. All right, Mike Phillips, Terry Lancaster, and Mike the Car Guy Carrera. Thank Signed you so off. much for letting me share this time with you guys. Thank you, guys. See you, boys. I forgot to mention, folks, if you like this and you want it delivered to your smartphone, speaking of smartphones, text the keyword AutoConverse to 64600. We'll send you a link to the live stream moments before we go live, and you can always watch it later if you can't watch it live. Check us out on the AutoConverse podcast as well. Just search for AutoConverse in your preferred podcast app. We will be there. And thanks, by the way, to our podcast listeners. Uh, we are about to break our, our annual milestone that we set. So hopefully this week, this time next week, where I have Dave Weber coming on from Relay Cars, uh, we will be able to share that broken milestone. So enjoy nice. the rest of Hump Day. Yeah, enjoy the rest of Hump Day. Enjoy the rest of uh, International Bat Appreciation Day. I'm Ryan Girardi. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Have a great day, everyone. This is Audiburst Media.